Welcome to Playing With Perspective, the suspended animation podcast, where we hear real stories from real people and we tackle all sorts of fun topics in the areas of business, marketing, entrepreneurship, mindset, the arts, and well, life itself. It's amazing what you'll pick up. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back, everyone. I hope everybody's doing fantastically well. Thank you for joining us. Episode 181 of Playing With Perspective, the suspended animation podcast. I have the fantastic Dennis Hall here today with me. How are you, Dennis? I'm really well, thanks, Darren. Yourself? Very well, sir. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for joining us. Pleasure. And uh, for everybody out there, we've got a fantastic episode. Why wait until you are 65 or older to enjoy leading the life of your dreams? Absolutely, I second that. Dennis has over 30 years management and leadership experience from working in businesses large and small. With an MBA in marketing management, he is able to provide insights into the complex dynamics that drive powerful business results from both better staff management practices and effective customer attraction and retention strategies. Dennis was a registered coach and facilitator with the Australian Institute of Management, and he regularly speaks at business conferences throughout Australia and internationally on a variety of topics, including mastering the secret language of business, the six deadly sins of negotiation, working less to live longer, how to get paid doing something that you love, and how to retire 10 years early. Dennis's business consultancy, Direct Dialogue, is focused on developing sustainable growth strategies for micro and local business. And Dennis has written a fantastic new book, If 70 is the New 50, When Do I Get to Retire? So we're going to be chatting about that today. And uh, Dennis, let's jump in. Tell us a bit about you, your background. How did you get into what you're doing and then we'll kind of dig into the motivation behind the book and go from there. Yeah, sure, sure. Look, I, I think like most people that are of a, a more mature age, that there are lots of um, twists and turns in the road that lead you to where you uh, currently are. And, and I'm certainly no exception to that. Um, I, I had a long corporate career, mostly in the tourism and hospitality yep. industries. And uh, in the late 90s, decided that, enough of that and uh, set up a technology business of all things right <laughs> um, predominantly motivated by the, what was uh, then a big thing in 97 98 the y2k uh -huh. yes um, I remember. huge demand for technology support and i thought well if there's ever a time to start my own business now's the time to do it so I started a business in that field and uh, ran that quite successfully for about five years before i ended up selling it taking 18 months off and yep. just re-evaluating where I wanted to go from there. And um, uh, that uh, led me into the consultancy realm and uh, business coaching, uh, right. which I kept up for about 12 years um, until my uh, my big turning point in 2015, which we'll, we'll get to talk about a little bit more, I'm sure, when we start delving into what uh, what motivated me to write the book. Absolutely. And let's kind of give the audience a bit of a, a backstory or set the scene in a way. Um, obviously, you know, the a lot of your work is focused around working smarter, trying to find a way to enjoy your work-life balance and not wait for this retirement, you know, window that everybody seems to 
think is going to be the uh, you know the the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, so why do you think that's come about? I mean, why why do we still cling on to this nirvana at, at the end of the rainbow? Look, I, I think um, you know it's it's a good question. I, I think the the short answer, uh, because it, it is quite a complex issue, but but the short answer is so many people live lives of quiet desperation mm -hmm. that the retirement picture of you know everything's going to be great once I retire, you know, is, is something that far too many people hold on to. It, it's the light at the end of the tunnel that they believe is going to turn their lives around and. Yeah. You know, life might be pretty crap at the moment, but, you know, in five years or 10 years or however many years you are away from retirement, um, it'll all be fixed um, because I'll be able to put my feet up and do what I want, you know. Yep. <laughs> um, and, and, the, and the reality is that um, that picture really hasn't been accurate for a, for a long time, probably well over 50 years. Um, but um, it still clings on regardless. <laughs> Um, and, and that's one of the motivations behind writing the book yeah. is to try to give people a more accurate picture of what their life might look like if they don't do something about it sooner rather than later. And, you know, like for my own, um, I was having this discussion with a friend of mine yesterday, actually, and, you know, he said, oh, God, I'm, you know, the world's crazy. I just want to retire. And I said, you know what? I'd actually get bored. Like I need to still have something to do. and I, Maybe I can work a little less intensely. But if I just retired 100%, I would go crazy. So, and I think that's probably the same for a lot of people in this modern world where we're constantly working, we're constantly stimulated. You know, we need to be stimulated. We need to be doing things. We need to be chasing goals. You know, it's kind of part of the human condition. So it's kind of, it makes sense when, if you can find a way to balance your life the whole way through it, as opposed to waiting for this time that you retire, that you might not even enjoy anyway. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, I think the sooner you can take control of your life so that you can do what you want rather than what other people want you to do, um, the better off you're going to be. I mean, you know, life throws a whole heap of responsibilities and challenges our way. Some of them we choose and some of them we don't. Yep. Um, so we're never fully in control. Um, but, uh, you know, I mentioned before that too many people live this quiet life of desperation um, because they've allowed their circumstances to rule what they do and where they're at. And, and, and when you say that you'd get bored if you retired, um, I think you're bang on there. Uh, the majority of people um, fall into this category of um, be careful what you wish for. Exactly. <laughs> because they, they wish for a decade that they were retired doing nothing. And then within 12 months, 18 months max of them retiring, they're going crazy. Yeah. Um, and, and, they drive, many, and they drive their how, other how half many crazy. Times well. Can you drive your Winnebago around? How many, how many TV series can you watch? How many movies can you go to? Uh, you know, it, it, you, you've got to have a life with purpose. We, we are purpose uh, full people. So um, Retirement is just, uh, well, for me anyway, and, and for what I encourage others to consider is retirement is about doing what you want rather than what other people have wanted. 
um, let's say, you know, when we take a decision to have a family, um, we, we are then responsible for that family. So yes. we have to do things that we otherwise wouldn't do because we want to make sure that our family is taken care of. And, and I'm not advocating that we move away from those responsibilities because they're important, very important. Yep. Um, but once we've reached the stage of life where we've we've lived up to our responsibilities, well, then it's time for us. Um, and that doesn't mean to say that we abandon our family or we abandon our responsibilities, but it does mean to say that we need to reprioritize what we consider to be important and, and not so important. Yeah. And I love the way you said, you know, live a life with purpose. That sums it up for me. You know, you know, whether you're retired or not retired or, you know, in inverted commas retired, you need to have a purpose. You, that's what continues to drive the human being. And I think that's, you know, you put it really well. And I think if you can find a way to balance that all the way through your life, all the better for it. Yeah, definitely. Couldn't agree more. So let's chat about your book. Everybody can see your book up there in, in the background. If 70 is the new 50, when do I get to retire? Tell us about what the book's about, why you decided to write it, and what was that journey like? Yeah, I, well, I guess the book had its roots about probably about 2012. Uh, at the time, I was living with my wife in, uh, in Noosa. Yep. Uh, she, she was the deputy principal of a fairly large private school there. Um, I had my management consultancy business, um, which was, you know, very healthy. Um, but our youngest daughter was approaching the age where she was getting into year 11 and 12. Um, and, and the reasons for us staying in Noosa were going to evaporate um, because we, we, we'd lived in, in, in Noosa for quite a few years and, and we wanted to provide Jasmine with a stable upbringing. Uh, so she went to the same school, had a circle of friends, but once year 12 was out of the way and she was going to qualify for um, uni university at the end of 2014, um, all of that was going to change. You know, there was no reason for us to stay in Noosa if we didn't want to. Yep. I mean, Noosa's a good place to live, don't get me wrong. We weren't, <laughs> we weren't clambering to get out of the place. Um, but, but we did decide that perhaps it was time to reconsider what we wanted out of our lives. So for for, for us, it became um, an exploration of, of uh, what are the opportunities. And, and one of the um, one of the bucket list things that my wife had always had a hankering to do was to live and work in the country of her birth. She is, uh, she was born in Germany, right. uh, but moved to Australia with her family when she was four years old. Right. So um, to all intents and purposes, she's an Aussie, right? Yep. Um, but she has obviously strong cultural ties. Um, myself, I've got a, an English background. Um, I, I uh, had my formative years in, um, in England, um, but came to Australia when I was 19 um, and, and have been in Australia ever since. Um, so when, when my wife said to me in 2012, well, you know what, I wouldn't mind living and working in Europe for a couple of years. Um, that got me thinking. It, it surprised me because I, I didn't think that that was something that she was particularly interested in. Um, and when she said Europe, I think she was being um, diplomatic uh, in that she, she didn't want to stay to country. Uh, she had a perception that maybe I'd want to go and live in England uh, and there's nothing that I would want 
worse <laughs> than that. Um, don't get me wrong, England's a great country to visit and has yep. got an awesome culture, but you don't want to live there. <laughs> um, so so I, I said to her, look, you know, um, for me, uh, England, uh, got relatives there, got friends there, but don't want to live there. Um, what about Germany? Um, so we decided that we would move to Germany and uh, 2015 was going to be the uh, the year we did that given that jazz would finish high school in 2014 mm -hmm. and, and we involved jazz in this discussion um, in the sense of giving her an option if she wanted to come with us and she wanted to take a gap year at the end of year 12 um, she was welcome to do that but at the at the time we were planning all of this for her 2014 was her opportunity to leave the nest and she couldn't wait to get out, get out of, of that. That did change, but that's another story. Um, so we started making plans and it probably took us 18 months to put a plan together that was going to be realistic. I mean, um, first and foremost, you know, my wife needed to uh, seek employment of some sort uh, for the time that we were away. I needed to totally restructure my business because my business was very much about in-person. Mm -hmm. and, and in 2012, 13, 14, trying to do business uh, online via mediums such as we're talking today yep. uh, was very much blue sky thinking for a lot of people um, and certainly not as practical as, as it is now. Thank you, COVID, for that, accelerating <laughs> that process. Um, but um, so I needed to totally restructure my business and, and, and decide, you know, what was feasible, what wasn't. So by the beginning of 2014, we, we'd, we'd got a plan which was workable. We'd done the finance side of it. You know, what, what can we afford? What can't we afford? Um, uh, so we, we made plans then to actually make the move. And we ended up moving to Germany in July 2015. Wow. Um, uh, Jasmine stayed in Australia, but joined us for about six months from September of that right. year. Right. Um, and, and so we moved to Germany. My wife started working with an international school in the August because the term years over there are different. We operate on a calendar year in Australia. Um, in Europe, they operate on an August to July um, right. year. So um, she, we, we moved to Frankfurt uh, and uh, she started at an international school and I started um, well, it didn't start, but was was redoing, uh, working with a number of clients, probably about 20% of my client base right. in an online environment rather than in a face-to-face -face nice. environment. Nice. Um, so that, that was designed to be a two-year um, adventure, uh, but we ended up staying for three and a half. Uh, we enjoyed it so much. Uh, so we didn't come back to uh, Australia until the end of 2018. Um, and um, it was at that point, really, uh, that the book or the seed for the book was planted because all of our friends, when we came back and we were talking to them about our adventure and what we'd done and, you know, all of this sort of thing, they were all saying the same, how did you do it? And yeah. oh, we'd love to do something like that. And I, oh, but we couldn't because of this or we couldn't because of that. And I thought, you know what, I think there's a book in this. <laughs> because there's so many people that are expressing an interest in, oh, yeah, yeah show me how, show me how. So I, I started uh, probably midway through 2019, started structuring what a book could look like and using our experience as a living case study Perfect. that 
whilst my lifestyle and my wife's lifestyle is different to everybody else's, we're all individuals, um, there are certain underpinning things that apply to all of us, you know, and the processes that I put in place um, can apply to anybody regardless of what your circumstances are. So it's about the formula, it's not about the circumstance itself, you know. Um, and, and really that, it, it, it took me um, seven months uh, to write the book. Um, so by, you know, January, February uh, 2020, yep. um, the book was ready to go. Which is not uh, a long time, really. So you obviously, it just kind of flowed out of you. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because, I mean, I had kept a journal of mm. our experience in, right. in Germany mm. um, and Europe, all the travelling that we did and some of the challenges that we faced. And so a lot of that, even though it needed to be tidied up, was already done, right? Mm. So, so the rest of it was about the business case. You know, how do you support your lifestyle yeah. uh, when you turn your world inside out and upside down? Um, and, and my background, and especially with the Australian Institute of Management with corporate business coaching, um, already gave me a lot of that. I, I, I'd already got a lot of materials in that space that I just modified yeah. to suit an individual rather than an organisation. So nice. probably 60% of the book was was already done yeah. um, so, so it wasn't like I was starting with a blank slate um, there was already a lot of stuff there that I could just adapt and and, and, and fine-tune um, but then of course in in late February 2020 uh, that wonderful COVID uh, hit hit our, our, our world and, and by the end of March our borders had closed and and there was no way I could publish the book without having something in it about COVID. Um, so, so I really had to wait about three, four months to gather information right. um, and, and to establish some case studies, see what COVID was doing, what impacts it having on business, on individuals, um, uh, so that I could incorporate that into the book. It's pointless telling people how to change their lifestyle if the biggest single event in living memory isn't included in it. You know, That's right. It's amazing how, how important it is to be true to the period that you're in oh without a doubt yep without a doubt fascinating so, so yeah that that's the you know the condensed version um, nice. of, uh, of where the book came from uh, and, and what motivated me to uh, what motivated me to write it and were there any parts of the book that were harder to really put down on paper or was it all pretty even in that respect? Look, I, th I think um, any author that is talking about their own life experiences will probably say the same thing in that it is challenging uh, to accurately reflect and report on what happens to you because mm -hmm. um, you don't always get everything right. <laughs> you know, li life is that, you know, at school we, we get the knowledge and then we get the test, right? That's right. But in life, we get the test and then we get the knowledge. That's right. So it, <laughs> yeah, like it, it's, it. it's about it, it's about being brave enough to put that information out for everybody else to see. So that that that's a bit of a challenge um, to to be able to do that. And obviously, there are things that you're more prepared to share than others. You know, we all have aspects of our lives that we prefer to keep private. Yep. For a variety of reasons, and 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 then to be honest, Darren, um, I think the the second biggest challenge was actually um, discussing with people how COVID has impacted on them. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I I've been very fortunate through the COVID experience in that my business 
hasn't really been affected too much. I've had to make some shifts, as we all have. Um, but in terms of downturn and where's the next dollar coming from, uh, I haven't had to face that. So I'm very thankful for that. But some of the people that I spoke to, uh, their lives have been shattered. And, 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 and being exposed to that, talking with those people and seeing, seeing the impacts that's had, not just on them, but on their family members and, and on their circle of friends, um, that, that's pretty tough. Yeah, oh, indeed. And I mean, a lot of what you've touched on in the book is quite mindset based and psychological based as opposed to tactical based. And I'm assuming oh, yeah. that a lot of that has come from all those discussions as well. Yeah, definitely. And and look, you know, to be honest, a few people have said to me, oh, you know, you should have more detail on how to manage your super better or yeah. you, you, know, <laughs> you should go into more detail on how to reorganise your finances or, um, you know, what the tax laws are around this, that and the other. And you know, that's not my area of expertise, number one. Yeah. But number two, when I was researching the book, um, and I did, I did have to do a fair amount of research, even though it's based on my experiences, um, I discovered there is an absolute plethora of information on what to do with your super, what the tax loopholes are or are not, um, how how to organise your uh, finances. You know, uh, all lots of information on that. How to structure things. You know, plenty of information. And, and as a matter of fact, in the book, I provide people with like a bibliography of here's some suggested resources. Yeah, to, exactly. To, to go and check those things out. Um, um, so I didn't see any point in reinventing the wheel with that stuff um i think it's more important for people to get their head in the right space than it is for all the other stuff yeah. um, once you've got your head in the right space you can then say okay now i need to start looking at the the, the nitty gritty of you know what's going to pay the rent and you know of things uh, or the mortgage or you know whatever um but until your head's in the right space there's no point in having all of that stuff organized because you're not going to be able to do anything with it anyway yeah too true so true so important and i kind of that's kind of where i wanted to get in this conversation is can you maybe expand a little on you know what you've researched and what you've discovered and what you've um put put down in the book about exactly how to go about that process of getting your head in the right space and making sure you have the right mindset to be able to handle everything that you need to do. Yep. Okay. Well, look, I'd like to start responding to that question um, by first of all, talking a little bit about the environment. Sure, okay, please so um, the, the, the environment when it comes to retirement, and we touched on this at the beginning of the conversation, um, people have a picture in their mind that has very little basis in reality. Um, you know, in, in, in Australia and, and, and our situation here in Australia is mirrored across most Western developed societies, we have an aging population. Yeah. In, in, in Australia, uh, and, and when I researched through the Australian Bureau of Statistics and, and various other government uh, sites, um, you know, we, we've got something like 46% of our workforce is going to be over 55 um, within the next three years. So um, that, 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 that's a lot of people, right? Um, and, and, we, and we need to consider that the map or the picture for retirement was actually developed at the turn of the, of the, of, of the 19th, uh, sorry, the 20th century. Yes. So, so in, in the early 1900s, the retirement model 
was developed. And, and that retirement model established a retirement age of 65. We're now working towards 67. And by the end of this year, that'll be pretty much in place. Yep. Um, but at, at the turn of, of the 20th century, it was 65. The life expectancy of Australian uh, Australians overall was 71 <laughs> at that time. So, you know, if, if you made it to retirement, you weren't going to be retired for very long, right? Yep. So, so the social support mechanism and, and the pension in particular was designed to be funded for between five and seven years. Right. Now, fast forward to the 21st century and our life expectancy now is 83, not 71. And even if we say that the retirement age is 67, right, we've got 15 to 17 years of retirement, yep. as opposed to the original five to seven years, that's a much more expensive bill for the pension fund to support, right? Let, let's, not even, let, let's not even get into the conversation about how poorly the government manages that fund. Um, but the reality is the money is not there to support people for mm -hmm. 15 to 17 years. Mm -hmm. It's just not there. Yep. So retirement um, need our view of retirement needs to change and society's view of the retirement needs to change. Um, retirement is no longer about let's do nothing and just enjoy. Um, retirement is another phase in our lives. You know, like the, the first big phase in our lives is education. You know, yep. we go to school for 15 years um, or close to um, to get the knowledge and, and, and the education we need to be valuable contributors to society for the next 40 years, yep. right? Um, and, and then it was basically, you know, once you've contributed to society over that 40 years and you retire, we forget about you. And, and, and when only 15 to 20% of the population was retired, <laughs> That was the appropriate way to look at it. That's but right. when, when 45 to 60% of the population is retired, and that's the figure that we're approaching as baby boomers go into retirement, we're midway through that now. Yeah. Um, more and more people are retiring every year than are joining the workforce, right? Um, and, and as a... a, a uh, a figure that I, I, I picked up, which actually surprised me, um, when the when pensions etc. were were first of all established, it was something like a ratio of forty people in work for one person in retirement. Wow! Um, as of two thousand and sixteen, that figure is four point nine people in work for every person in retirement. Wow. So we need to look at retirement differently. Um, so it's no longer a let's just kick back. It's another phase of our lives where yep. we can contribute. We don't necessarily need to have the same earning capacity that we had in our working life, but we still need some sort of earning capacity. Yep. But our opportunity to contribute to society is exponentially greater um, because we've got a lot of experience, you know, we, and, and people do want to have a life of purpose. Yeah. Um, most people approaching retirement want to be able to continue to contribute, um, but they're just not quite sure how to. Um, and, and that's what I talk about a lot in the book. Um, and, and, it, and, and it's borne out by, by you know, how, how to get paid for doing what you love is, is a chapter in the section in the book, right? How do you get paid for doing what you love? Because here's a partial solution, not for everybody, but certainly for a lot of people that are approaching retirement age, instead of just having a hobby, why not continue that hobby, but structure it so you can earn 
an income from it. I agree. Um, totally agree. And, and, and that way you're doing what you love. I mean, you and I, Darren, we do what we love, right? And 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 the bonus is we get paid for it. That's right. <laughs> we have so much so fun. <laughs> we, we, we don't mind working. because no, but we, we look forward work. to it. Yeah. If it's not work anymore. 100%. And in retirement, that's what we, we need to be thinking about. Yeah. What can I do that I really enjoy, but I, I, I can earn an income from? You know? and, and that's what I try to get across in the book is, look, you can turn any hobby into a revenue producing um, income generator yep. if you go about it the right way. And the book explores that. You know, here's how you do it. Here are the steps to follow. Here, here's, the, here's the research you need to do. Um, so th th there is none of this, you know, if people have got a job that they hate, the worst thing that they can think of is to continue working after retirement because yeah. work, work equates to them to the job that they hate correct but if they let's say for example let's say for example they enjoyed um uh, making ashtrays you know they they, they make personal ashtrays for people um, um and they really enjoy that and at the moment they're doing that and they're making these ashtrays and giving them away to friends and relatives and everybody goes, oh, isn't that wonderful? And they go, oh, yeah, and I really love that. And, but wouldn't it be great if they could do that, still enjoy it, and generate some income from Definitely. it? They could either put something together online, they could open up a market stall. There's they, a million all sorts different ways of they could they do it. Do. Uh, the, the thing for me, I think, that retirement should be about, it's about choice. Correct. Yeah? Like In our working life, we often have to do things that we would prefer not to because our choices are limited. We've got to put bread on the table. We've got to we've got to pay the mortgage. We got to so that means we, sometimes we have to do things that we prefer not to. Yeah. But yeah. in retirement, we're not under the same financial pressures that provided we've you know done some planning and you know uh, we we we've done the right things in terms of working towards a, a secure uh, end of working life. And for a lot of people, that's going to happen because of their super. Mm -hmm. For a lot of people, it's not going to happen because they've been self-employed and, and they've not got the super that, you know, people that have been in a job have been in. People that have been in a job that's physically demanding are not going to want to keep up that level of physical activity, um, you know, in their late 50s, early 60s, you know, which is why I always smile when politicians say, oh, look, you know, just work for an extra five years. Well, that's not easy to do if you're a brick layer and you're bending over or you know you're a tile cutter or you know that's physically demanding work and there comes a point where even if you love it your body says no more you know I like it. Um, so yeah I, I, I think that people need to understand that retirement is no longer about just fading into the distance retirement is about what are my choices what would i love to do how can i contribute in this next 20 years of my life cycle um, so that i'm actually leaving a bit of a legacy here um, and, and i think if people approach retirement on that basis then there is nothing wrong when you turn 65 or 66 or if you retire 10 years early at 55 as as i've almost done i'm i classify myself now as semi-retired nice. um, then you know you 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 can take two three or four years off and 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 go on your trips or travel around Australia or whatever. But you know that that's not the rest of your life. You're just taking an extended break, and when you come back, you're going to do this or you're going to do that or you know. So it's about being able to make those choices. And and in reality, 
anybody that is watching and listening to to uh, this broadcast today, anybody at any stage in their life has the opportunity to pivot, to change things. Absolutely. You might be trapped in the short term, um, but every single person on the planet is only 12 to 18 months away from a life of choice rather than a life of desperation. Definitely. Particularly in this, in, this, in this era of technology and the internet, there are so many things everybody can do and they can start small and grow them over time and the choices are abundant. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. We, we have so much choice. But, but again, in order to uh, be able to identify those choices and, and opportunities, you have to do something different with, different with this. Yep, right? I like it. I like and and if, if you've been in a, a J-O-B, and, and there's nothing wrong with being in a J-O-B for your entire career, plenty of people do that and do it very, very well. Yep. Um, but the thing with a J-O-B is that there's always somebody else telling you what to do. Yep. Right? You're always working to somebody else's aims and objectives, and unless you're in business for yourself, and, and that's not a large proportion of the population. So if, if you are not in business for yourself, if you are employed by an organisation or an individual, um, they're doing a lot of the thinking for you, right? Yep. Nothing wrong with that. Right? But when you retire, you need to develop this because now you're going to have to do the thinking for yourself. Right? Very, very true. <laughs> and and unless it's, it's like anything, right? If, if you go to the gym and yep. you've never been to the gym before, you're not going to bench press 220 kilos <laughs> uh, in a fit, no matter how big and strong you think you are, right? right? You're going to have to start off at 50 kilos and work your way up. Yep. And it's the same with this, right? Yep. If you've been used to a lot of other people doing your thinking for you, Nothing wrong with that to a point, but if you're going to start thinking for yourself, you're going to have to start small and build your way up. And again, I cover that in the book in terms of mindset and, and how to shift your mindset and do it in bite-sized chunks. Um, because the other thing with shifting your mindset is that your relationships with the people around you change as a result. Yep. Um, and yeah, your relationship with yourself changes and your yes. relationship with everybody else changes as well. Correct. And you need to be ready for that. Yep. You know, the, I, I mentioned a, a, an episode in, in our lives when we announced to our families that we were moving to Germany um, and the reaction that Iris's mother got um, <laughs> was not very positive wow. um, because she could see her daughter being taken to Germany and um, that's where we were going to stay forever, even though we said it's only two years, you know, yep. blah, blah, blah. Um, and I didn't realise this, and I, I do talk about it in the book, but I didn't realise this until a little bit further on. As a matter of fact, it was probably six months before we were leaving that I realised what was going on and why. Mm -hmm. um, her and her husband, when they brought their daughters to Australia from Germany, came to Australia for a two-year adventure. Right. <laughs> wow, I love it. <laughs> and that was in 1972. And wow. they, they, went, they went back for holidays, but they didn't ever go back to live. So wow. as soon as we mentioned that two-year adventure to Germany, Barbara straight away jumped to the, oh, dear, oh, that boy. means they're not coming back because that's, that's what right. she did. That was yeah. her framework. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So when, when, when your mindset changes and the way you view the world changes, the way you communicate with people 
also changes, which means their responses and reactions to you are likely to change as well. Right? So um, for some people and some relationships, that doesn't really matter. But for the relationships that are important to you, you need to be prepared for that and have a strategy in place to minimise any friction that's likely to arise out of those uh, out of those changes. Yeah, yeah. So really, I mean, speaking very philosophically, retirement can be classified as a state of mind, in which case you could say anybody could be retired at any age, at any time in their life, if they've done the work on themselves to get to the point where they understand exactly how they're living their life. Correct. Yeah, so can, exactly. you can get really philosophical about this. We, we can. Yeah. We, and you don't even can. actually we, have we, to have a, you know, a side hustle or something that you're developing. You could even theoretically be retired in your day-to-day job or day-to-day life just by the way you think about how you live. Yes, definitely. Hmm. With, with, without a doubt. I mean, obviously, the more flexibility you have in your life hmm. to be able to make decisions to do things, um, the more uh, relaxed your retirement is going to be. Um, It is difficult to be retired mentally um, when you can only take four weeks off a year Um, because there's lots of other things that you would like to be doing that you can't, right? So, um, but rather than saying, I can't do that, um, it's about saying, I can't do that yet. Yeah, or how can I find a way to re-engineer how I work so I can take a bit more time off and work at the same time? Work wherever I go and find another way. There's always a way. Definitely. Yeah. I love it. And how has the book been received so far? Look, really, really well. Uh, you know, the people that, uh, that access the book uh, give me very positive feedback. Um, you know, I, I had um, uh, some people that, uh, up in the Glasshouse Mountains uh, here in Queensland. Um, they had an eight-year retirement plan. They're both nice. in their late 50s. And um, uh, both of them, are, well, one of them has got a semi-government job. The other one has got a full-on government job. Um, so they're working towards that, you know, uh, superannuation point where they can sort of say, that's it, I'm, I'm out of here. Yep. Um, and after reading the book, uh, they've brought that eight-year plan forward to be 15 months. Sensational. Um, so they're actually going to retire her in her late 50s, him in his early 60s. Sensational. Um, and, and when you when you hear stories like that, it's um, it's really gratifying because you know that you've you've helped people see something in themselves that they didn't see before. Yeah. Have there been any harsh challenges of any concept in your book? Um, anybody? Not that I've been made aware of. Okay. No, I, I mean I've had a number of people um, with questions in, in terms of some of the processes in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, But that's natural because they've not experienced or been exposed to those processes before. So that takes a little bit of uh, coaching, I guess, is the best word for it, um, to provide them with the confidence and and the tools um, to to, to be able to move forward. It's it's a little bit like sport, you know. The coach says, look, guys, here's what I want you to do. Um, uh, But the first couple of times they do it, they're not particularly good at it or they (laughs) It's not working because until the coach says, yeah, but don't forget, you didn't do this quite the way that I asked you to. And that you could, oh, yeah, okay. So yep. it, it's it's about refining. And, and look, 
it's very rare, um, and I say in the book that no plan, it doesn't matter how thorough it is, no plan survives intact once you activate it, right? Um, <laughs> because life has a habit of throwing curveballs at you. Yep. Um, that's what life's all about. And that's no different in retirement to any other stage of life. That's right. Um, and, and it's also a personal journey. Everybody's going to um, express it in a slightly different way. Yeah, definitely. Hmm. Definitely. Ah, sensational. And so tell everybody where we can find the book. Uh, look, the best place to uh, to find the book is uh, on the website, whencaniretire.com.au. Right, love it. Um, that gives you, you know, access to either buy the book online for a Kindle, Amazon, um, or to buy the physical book, uh, which is shipped Australia-wide. And it also gives you contact points if you, you know, if you want to drop me a line, uh, and uh, all of that sort of thing to uh, to ask questions. You know, I'm more than happy to communicate with people. Uh, you know, exchange emails, all of that sort of thing. Awesome. Uh, to um, to to help because, you know, I, I really do see my um, journey now as uh, helping free other people. Um, so that they can experience what I've had the, the luxury and, and privilege of being able to experience um, by some, you know, alternate thinking and a little bit of uh, blood, sweat and tears and perseverance and, and, and away you go. I, I love that. I think it's just, it's so important because a lot of people had in their mind that retirement is a financial destination, whereas you're saying it's not a financial destination, it's a mindset destination. Yeah. Look, very different retirement thing. is about finally being able to work to live. Yeah. Most people go through life living to work, yeah, that's um, right. even when they don't want to, right? right? So, you know, retirement really does give you that opportunity. I mean, the bottom line is, come 67, in the majority of industries now, you're going to be forced to retire. Yeah. Um, uh, th that may change, you know, depending on a number of variables, but you, you, you're going to be forced to. What I'm saying to people is don't wait for the finish line. Yeah. <laughs> establish your own finish line, establish your own timeline and work towards that because whether you're 35, whether you're 42, whether you're 57, um, no time is the wrong time to be establishing when you get to choose your lifestyle. Yeah. Are you still doing a bit of business coaching and management consulting along the way? Yes, I am, um, but I, I, I limit myself now. I, I only work with, you know, between four and six clients at a time. Okay. Um, and I tend to be fairly selective as to who I work with mm -hmm. um, because for me now, you know, I'm a firm believer in practising what you preach. Yep. And uh, if I'm saying to people, look, you know, do what you love, have a lifestyle you can enjoy, um, and, and I'm working all the hours under the sun. It doesn't say very much, you know. That's right, exactly. So, so I, I try and restrict my consultancy work uh, to no more than two to three days a week. And, Perfect. Uh, Beautiful. The rest, the rest of the time I can work on my own stuff. I love it. So you're in Queensland, obviously, in sunny Queensland, enjoying enjoying the, the lovely weather. Well, not so lovely at the moment, uh, but it, it, this is our wet season, so, you know, we oh, can't right. complain. But, yeah, uh, most of the time I, I love southeast Queensland. Uh, it's got a great, great climate. Uh, we have winter, I think it's the second Wednesday of July. Yep. Um, and, uh, and, that's, and that's about it, you know. Uh, sensational. Well, Dennis, I really appreciate you coming on the show. I think it's a fantastic book. You know, it definitely is very thought provoking. And I love the discussion we've had because it really challenges, you know, the conventional definition of retirement. And I think it can help a lot of people 
um, you know, think about their lives and live with purpose, as we as we said earlier in the in the conversation. So yeah. I commend you. It's a great book. I think everybody should definitely, you know, have a have a read. Um, I'm going to put all the links in the show notes for everybody, so you can find it. And of course, if you want to work with Dennis or find out what Dennis does um, as well, I'll put all his details in as well. Um, any last words, Dennis? I mean, you've given us so much, but I always like to give my guests the last few words. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's, it's been a real pleasure having the chat with you, and I appreciate the opportunity to, you know, to speak to your tribe. Um, I, I hope there are some people out there that um, some lights have gone on as a consequence of the conversation that you and I have enjoyed today. Uh, look, I think the last thought that I, I'll leave people with is that um, we all deserve the life we work for. Um, so if you're not happy with your life, it's up to you to take the steps to turn that around. Um, no shortage of opportunity for you to be able to do that. Maybe what you're lacking is support. Um, and uh, I would love to support you uh, in, um, in being able to make that shift and, and at least make the first few steps on your journey to being able to enjoy a life of choice uh, rather than that life of quiet desperation. Beautiful. I've got goosebumps just listening to all that. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Well, everybody out there, I hope you enjoyed that. The book is called If 70 is the New 50, When Do I Get to Retire? But I'll make sure I put all the links in there for, the, for everybody to access that. Dennis, once again, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, really enjoyed it. And everybody out there, we'll see you very, very soon for another episode. Stay tuned, Playing With Perspective, the Suspended Animation Podcast. Bye for now.